It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. tuning in as well so listen folks again like i said it's your boy sports rap d in the building and thank you to everyone that tunes in each and every week thank you to the people that are tuned in already um some of the other people that's showing me that four people are tuned in but i only see the two 
So, like I say, like I always say each and every Monday, folks, when you are tuned in, please, please give me a shout out, wave at me, shoot a comment to me just to say, hey, good morning or something. Let me know you're in and you will get acknowledged on there. Also, folks, just most recently we got back to it, like I've been telling you guys the last couple weeks. That there are some things that I wanted to get back to that I had gotten away from um, as far as doing things and incorporating things into the show. So we are back with the call-in line. As you see when I posted this um, right up, the call-in number to get involved and get into this dialogue and this conversation and into this program, 215-287-1672. I'll probably give you that a couple more times throughout the show. So you know what it is. It's Monday morning. But first thing I need to do this Monday is um, I'm going to take my hat off to do this, and, and we're going to do this absolutely correctly. Um, as you all know, I posted, and we got the news of the passing of uh, NBA great Paul Silas. So what I want to do to start today's show off is I want to just take a moment of silence um, in respect and honor of Paul Silas. Thank you, everyone, for joining in and participating in that moment of silence for Paul Silas. So now I'm going to get back. You see me. I'm putting my gear back on. You see the Eagles hat. We are definitely going to talk some Eagles. We are also going to talk some Sixers. Um, I was actually at the Sixers game last night. So uh, we're going to talk about that, the historic moment that was um, set by Mr. Joel Embiid last night. So, again, like I said, we're going to get to that. As always, you know we always get to a lot of stuff. So, um, we won't get right into it. Got some news and some updates. Just some stuff, you know, to keep you up to date on what's going on in the sports world, as I always do. Reports are out that the Warriors, uh, Anthony Lamb, has been accused of a sexual assault. Soccer writer uh, Grant Wall, unfortunately and suddenly dies at a World Cup match. Saints coaches and p- coaches, the Saints team Coaches and the player were fined in a total over $500,000 by the NFL for a fake injury report. Debo Samuels injures his ankle um, in the win yesterday. Uh, It looked kind of scary because he was carted off, but later reports um, have showed that it could possibly, or they're believing that it is a high ankle sprain. And we know that injury, that high ankle sprain, um, the timetable for that healing is up and down. And it can also be a lingering injury. And for a player as dynamic as Debo Samuel is, it's a tough injury um, to sustain um, right now at this point in his career. Broncos uh, quarterback Russell Wilson was taken off the field in his in-concussion protocol in that loss yesterday. Sean Payton is reportedly interested in coaching the Chargers or the Rams. And Reed Blankenship, who was injured yesterday for the Eagles, um, has a low-grade knee sprain. He's going to miss possibly a couple of weeks. No reports has I, that I have seen as of yet on uh, punter Aaron Sipos. But once I get any reports, any news on that, you know what I will do. I will give it all to you as well as doing what I do. Now, second thing I want to get to before I get into my scores and updates and I gave you this announcement. I'm pretty sure I posted it, but I will post this information again uh, later today once I go off air. But I'm going to announce it today, and I'll probably announce it again before I close out today's show. 
Good friend of mine, you know him, very good friend of mine, friend of the station, friend of the show, Mr. Joe Richmond, basketball, ambassador of basketball for your Delaware Bluecoats. Okay, family finest first, see, I'm getting it all because I'm a little excited. Family Legacy First, his organization, him and his brother, they are presenting a pro tryout for a tournament in Mexico, okay? Those tryouts are this Sunday, December the 18th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., at the beautiful Chase Fieldhouse in Wilmington, Delaware, the home of the Delaware Blue Coast. It's $125 fee. You must be passport ready. And please, people, please, 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 serious inquiries only. All right? It, it, this is not a game, if you will. Uh, pun very much intended at this point. This is not a game. This is something that means a lot to them, something that they worked hard for, so they want to have a great showing. So they are looking for the best. So if you decide that you want to make this trip down to Delaware and participate in this tryout, you better take your A++ game because that's what they're looking for. And you must be passport ready. Folks, you will see all this information on my social media later today. And if you do not catch it on mine, you can go Facebook, Joseph P. Richmond. He has all the information there. Or you can catch him on Instagram at I am Joe Richmond. Tell them Sports Wrap sent you and give them your all. When you go down there and try out, don't go down there sugarcoating nothing. Don't go down there trying to get a handout or nothing. If you go, you better go. And like they say, you better come or you better come correct or don't come at all is what we say. Moving into some scores from yesterday before we get into the NFL and our Eagles talk. We got some NBA scores from yesterday. The Suns, 124 to 129, but 129-124 overtime loss to the Pelicans. The Sixers handled business at home against the Hornets, 131-113. The Pistons fall to the Lakers at home, 124-117. The Kings fall to the Knicks in the Garden, 112-99. The Raptors fall to the Magic in Orlando, 111-99. The Bulls just don't have enough. The Hawks get by them, 123-122 in the ATL. And in Houston, the Rockets... D up Giannis very well yesterday. They take that game 97-92. In the NHL, the Avalanche and the Blues go into overtime. The Avalanche take that game 3-2. Also into overtime, the Blues, Blue Jackets and the Kings. The Blue Jackets come out victorious 6-5. The Kraken take that game over the Panthers 5-2. The Flyers fall to the Coyotes. 5-4. The Capitals get by the Jets 5-2. And the Bruins get by the Golden Knights 3-1. Those are your scores for the NBA, NHL. And for yesterday, I, before I close out, I will give you NBA games for today and NHL games for today. So while we are here and we know what's going on, we know what's happening, we are ready for... NFL scores. And, you know, we went back to Thursday. We're going to talk about yesterday's games. Uh, Sunday, December the 11th, week 14 in the NFL. Here are your scores from yesterday. New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo takes that game 20 to 12. Cincinnati gets by Cleveland 23-10. Dallas, Dallas, just has enough to get by Houston in a rumble 
within a fight, Dallas takes that game 27-23. Jacksonville gets up on Tennessee 36-22. Detroit beats Minnesota 34-23. Philadelphia shellacking, in a shellacking, wallops the New York Giants up in Jersey 48-22. Baltimore gets by Pittsburgh 16-14. Miami falls to the Chargers in Sunday night football game was flexed 23-17. San Francisco beats up on Tampa Bay 35-7. Seattle falls to Carolina 30-24. And Denver falls to KC 34-28. So, talk a little bit about some games here before we get into our Eagles talk. And I'm going to start where a lot of people probably don't want to start, where a lot of people will... I don't know, arguably come up with excuses for certain situations on either side of the fence. But nonetheless, we're going to start here. Tampa Bay at San Francisco. Tough game for Tampa Bay after an exciting win last week, late in that game to come back and win that game last week. And I have to start first before I get into what are some of the things I want to say about this game. I have to give credit where credit is due, like I always do. And looking at the situation last week when Jimmy G got hurt, and then, of course, you know, we got the update that the injury is not that serious or as serious as initially thought. But I was talking about or questioning the readiness of Brock Purdy. Okay, we all know from seeing this pregame show yesterday, the last pick in the draft, he's Mr. Irrelevant, as they called that person. Um, I also said that I'm not sure how he's going to hold up. Played very well yesterday, so I have to give him credit for that. Um, I've also said in the past, and I have to see a couple more games in um, to really, really give you... Um, in my opinion, a, a decent or solid analysis. Um, but I've also said in the past, and in and, and concerning with Jimmy G being there and Kyle Shanahan, I've also said that their coaching is exquisite, if you will. Um, I, I've always said that I'm still skeptical on Jimmy G. He's never really proven anything to me. But his coaching staff in San Francisco put him in the best opportunity to be successful and it worked for him. So I see a lot of the, I see very similar things from yesterday in that coaching staff as far as with Brock Purdy. But again, like I said, it's only one game so far and I'm not knocking saying, Oh, it's just a one game beginners luck. None of that stuff. I'm not doing that. Cause I never do that. I am just saying that, giving him his kudos for yesterday's game. And, you know, I didn't watch the game fully, so I would have to actually sit and watch some clips or see it and make my own interpretation of what I felt, whether it was actually the athlete performing or it was a little bit of both the athlete performing and the coaching staff making it easier for the particular athlete. So I'm pretty sure, like I said, with what I know about the coaching staff, I'm pretty sure it had a little bit to do with some of the coaching staff doing what they needed to do as far as playing the offense to 
the skill set of um, their their particular quarterback right now. So, like I said, great game yesterday for him. Um, I'll like I said, I, I've got to see a couple more before I can give you my own solid um, interpretation or analysis on Brock Purdy and him moving forward in that team, moving forward with him at the helm. Because we also know if he extends into the playoffs, we also know the playoffs, whole different season, excuse me, whole different animal. And if it gets to that point, by then, teams will have what I feel like will be enough tape on him to scheme against him and do some things that can probably slow him down depending on where he is with all of this and when it all plays out. So we'll see what happens. But the other side of this story where I wanted to get to is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. With that loss yesterday, they are now in a dogfight with the Carolina Panthers, surprisingly for the division. Um, If Carolina wins out, they could conceivably win the division. So it's looking kind of rough. It's looking kind of shaky for um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This could very well be the last run that we see for Tom Brady. Um, because we obviously have seen throughout the season, and their record shows it, that he's not the Tom Brady that went to all those Super Bowls, that a lot of people always said, don't bet against Tom Brady. To all those people that said, look, he's the GOAT. Don't leave this much time. You got to do this. You got to do that. He's not looking like that same Tom Brady right now, currently this season. I'm just calling it like I see it. So, you know, it very well could be his final run um, unless he decides to go and play somewhere else and try to do the same thing he did when he first went to Tampa Bay. But when you look at him and you see the body language and the motions, you kind of get the feeling like I've gotten that this is probably the last run. Um, You know, he needs to accept it. I feel like he needs to accept it because it just looked, like I said, the play – the way the team is playing, the record shows it. This is not the same Tom Brady that we are or we have been used to seeing. So, with that being said, you know, um, it's a possibility that this could be the end for Tom Brady. So, we move into, let's go Minnesota-Detroit. Thank you to Detroit for beating Minnesota. Now, Minnesota, I think, has now three losses. So, that's a good thing, um, helping out the Eagles a little bit there. Cowboys got a win yesterday as well. We were hoping that Houston could knock them off, and they had it in their sights. I don't know if they just didn't hold on to it and complete the task. But when you look at that situation, if you look and you think if Dallas loses this game to a 110 and 110, could pose a lot for them. They would have put them at four losses. Um, I believe it would have put him at four or five losses. I'm not sure exactly where it would put him at, but somewhere. And it's basically to the point now where I don't believe that they can catch the Eagles. Like I said, they have to play the Eagles one more time. So the Eagles have two more division games, um, one more against the Giants, the final game of the regular season, and one against the Cowboys on Christmas Eve. They also have two other games in there coming up next um, in week 15. They got Chicago, and then they've got the New Orleans Saints. And then it's the Giants. So it's like it's the Bears, 
Cowboys, the Saints, and then I think it's the end of the season with the Giants. So, you know, favorable schedule for the Eagles. Like I said, two division losses. They are right now two and one. Um, I believe in the division. The Eagles are not a hundred percent sure, but two and one in the division because they've got what? No, hey, whatever it is. They they they're sitting pretty right now, nonetheless. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to go into the division stuff with there because the Eagles are pretty much hands down going to win this division. Right now, sitting at 12-1, and one, the best record in the NFL, first team to clinch a playoff spot with the win yesterday over the Giants. And, and yesterday's game for the Giants um, is a bigger loss than some people will own up to or some people may think. When you look back at the NFC East, um arguably right now the toughest division in football this this season so far arguably and pretty much not arguably but i'm going to be polite and be politically correct and say arguably the toughest division in the nfl right now and the eagles are sitting at 12 and 1 so pretty much the clink the closest team to them is the cowboys are that have like nine wins so they still can't catch them pretty much, and they still got one more game to play against the Eagles, and the Eagles already beat them, so the Eagles already have the tiebreaker over them. So it's going to be tough. Um, the Giants lost on top of the tie in your own division last week. It's tough, and it's talked about where the Giants could have possibly made themselves a tougher run to get into the playoffs. So now they've got the Giants. I mean, they've got the Commanders again coming up Sunday, week 15, I believe it is. They got the Commanders. Do they? Yes, they go to Washington to play the Commanders. So this game coming up now because – this is the team that you tied. So you're both coming into this game. You both have a tie. You lost yesterday. They were on a bye week. So you come into this game where both of you desperately need this game. Both of you desperately need this game. And I don't know what's going on with the Giants right now. Um, like I said, I think it was last week I said it, I mentioned it kind of slightly, where I talked about first-year coach and I talked about how the Giants had came out looking very good in the beginning of the season. Um, and, and I also, and then I went on to say, I said, I, I'm not 100% sure, but things just started at some point. I forget where it was in the point. I made mention to it last week, but things just started to look different and they made a turn for the worse if you will. And I mentioned some things that I felt like could be factors into this, to them turning um, bad. I meant Brian Dable, first year coach. I mentioned like, could the pressure of his very early success have gotten to him and made him begin to overthink some things. Hence we see a change in the way the team has been playing. Could it also have affected the players on that team coming off the season they came off last year? New coaching staff, new offense, new system, all of this stuff. 
the, the success that they had early in the season, could it have overwhelmed them? So we don't know. But, again, coming up week 15, Washington Commanders at home against the New York Giants, that game is going to mean so much more than a lot of people thought when the schedule was put out. It's going to mean so much more to both of these teams. Like I said, the Giants, if they lose, they could arguably lose and play their way out of playoff contention. I think the Commanders might have a better chance because of that one win over the Eagles, which is also a division win. And that's the only blemish on the Eagles' record right now. So that's in in their favor in the long or the grand scheme of things. That could possibly bode well for them in their favor. But we don't know. But again, like I said, this game coming up. James Murphy, my guy, thanks for tuning in. Um, going to mean so much more. And like I said, we, we felt like these next couple games for the Eagles, um, once we get to the Saints game, we um, may not need that game. We may not want that game at all because it may not mean anything to us as far as um, us coming in because we are right now at 12-1. and We're already in the playoffs. So conceivably, conceivably, NFC East, everything will come through Philadelphia. They look like they will end up with the bye. Like I said, the, the Minnesota Vikings lost again, so they now have three losses, and they were like the second best record to the Eagles uh, with the 10 wins and now they have the three losses. So the Eagles are sitting very pretty. And one of the things I like about this team is they don't seem to look past teams. They stay in the moment and they look at the team that that's right in front of them, the team that they're playing at the present moment or beginning or getting ready to play um, at the present moment. And it is very, very exciting. Like I said, they, again, and I keep saying it, they are showing you, I'm going to take the beginning out now, but they are showing you now that they are a team that is a really good team, a team that can beat you in multiple ways, um, a team that has a solid defense that can definitely keep them in a game, that can definitely hold on to leads for the offense. And the offense is showing you how they can bring you in. Good morning, Auntie. Shaw sister, thanks for tuning in. They also have shown you how they can manage games. They can beat you in, like I said, numerous ways, in the passing game, in the running game. Um, just real quick, speaking of that, we go through some stats they dominated yesterday from beginning to end. Time of possession, I didn't jot that down, but they dominated the time of possession um, throughout that game. They cleaned up some things from prior week um, as far as penalties. The Eagles didn't give them any first downs on penalties, so there were no major penalties um, for them. Jerome Bowie, my guy, thanks for tuning in. And final score, 48-22, Eagles. The stats, um, we will go team stats first real quick since we're talking about the way the Eagles are playing and how they 
have clinched the division pretty much where they didn't say that yet, but they have clinched the playoff spot, and more than likely they will um, clinch the division. Uh, first downs, 27 first downs to the Giants, 18. Uh, yes, James Murphy Hurts is very, very good right now, especially. Very good. Uh, passing first downs, the Eagles had 10. The Giants had 11. 15 rushing first downs for the Eagles, 7 for the Giants. First, first downs by penalties, uh, 2 for the Eagles, 0 for the Giants. Third down conversions, 6 of 11 for Philadelphia, 4 of 13 for the, the Giants. Total yards, 437 for the Eagles, 304 for the Giants. So not too bad um, for the Giants. 217 passing for the Eagles, but again, the dominant rushing attack, 253 rushing. For the Giants, 216 passing, 123 rushing. Turnovers, one fumble lost for the Giants. No turnovers for the Eagles. You think about what James Murphy just chimed in and said, Hurts is good. He's, again, really good. Um, the Eagles, after that Indianapolis game, like I said, they focused on some things that they saw, some flaws, some chinks in the armor, and they fixed them. And they've been very, very stout against the run the last couple weeks. Um, they handled Derrick Henry, who people thought would be an issue for them. And then this week they pretty much handled and took him out of the game, Saquon Barkley, um, for the New York Giants, who usually has really good games against the Eagles. So they focused and they locked in and they paid attention to detail. Um, I think they had like six or seven sacks yesterday. So, again, um, the defense, like I said, is a defense that's stout. And it begins with that defensive line, and that rotation is heavy. And I don't mean just their size and everything. I mean heavy as in good, real good. Um, looking at stats individually yesterday, Hurts, like James Murphy said, is good. MVP status uh, right now, MVP conversation, if you will, Right now, no question, no doubt. Um, 21 to 31, 217 yards, which was seven yards average. No interceptions, two TDs yesterday. Right now, he sits at, I think, 20 uh, touchdowns on the season and two interceptions, which is phenomenal. Um, versus Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, 18 to 27 for 169 yards, 6.3. Yard average, no interceptions, and one touchdown. Um, the rushing attack for the Eagles, Miles Sanders, 17 attempts for 144 yards, eight and a half yards average, two touchdowns as long as 40. Miles Sanders eclipsed a thousand yard rushing for the season. He also has more touchdowns this year than he has than he had in the past or last season. Jalen Hurts also added into that running, rushing attack, not as much as he has the week before, but formidable. Seven, seven attempts for 77 yards, 11 yards a carry, one rushing TD. His long was 24 yards. Boston Scott, along with that 60-something yard uh, kickoff return, had six attempts for 33 yards, a five-and-a-half yard. Average one touchdown, and his long was 11 yards. Receiving the two Batmans. Devontae Smith, eight targets, five receptions, 64 yards, 12.8 yards on average, one touchdown as long as 41. A.J. Brown, six targets, four receptions, 70 yards, 17.5 yard average, one touchdown, also 33 yards was his long. And Quez Watkins, five targets, four receptions, 19 yards, 
4.8 average, no touchdown. His long was nine yards. So, again, folks, the Eagles right now have, I think, finally convinced people that they are a team to reckon with. It's always been weird how throughout the season so far and how good the Eagles have been playing. Um, Of course, they struggled in a couple games that you felt like that they should have just won. But we know the NFL any given Sunday. Um, But what the Eagles have done was as soon as something happened, like I said, when there's a chink in that armor, it's immediately addressed and immediately, so far this season, fixed and corrected. Not just addressed, it's addressed and corrected. Whether it's changing schemes, doing other things um, with different players, or bringing in free agents and whatnot. And some of the things, this is what they've done. So, again, we, we look at, like we said, the Eagles' schedule, remaining schedule. They've got Chicago coming up. Uh, then they've got Dallas, then the Saints, and then there is the final game of the regular season against the New York Giants once again. And arguably, those last two games, I mean, arguably, when you think about it, conceivably, that Dallas Cowboys game come Christmas Eve may not mean much either. If they win Sunday, they'll be 13-1. and one. That could pretty much clinch them the division, even though they still have two division games left, but they still have the one-up on both of the division teams that they have to play. They got one-up on the Cowboys, and they got one-up on the Giants. So, conceivably, if it goes the Eagles' way, that Dallas Cowboys game could mean little or nothing. Definitely... We get to the Saints game. Yeah, Murphy, you always worry about that. Um, it just It is just what it is with Dallas, you know. But I think what the Eagles are doing right now is the way they're playing and the way they focus on each team at a time. I don't think there's too much to worry. Like I said, we know how it plays out as far as the vision game and where it's set at. But where the Eagles are right now, I think they'll go in confident enough to go in and win that game. And I think, again, if things hold up the way they are, it may not mean as much as um, people expected. Um, again, going in. Theron, thanks for tuning in. Frank, thanks for tuning in. So, again, um, we look at, like I said, Chicago, they should win that game. Um, then you got the Cowboys. And like I said, I feel like if they stick to what they've been doing, being able to run the ball and pass the ball and the way the defense has been playing, I think um, they can get by the Cowboys again. It probably won't be to the magnitude that they won the first time, but I think they can get by the Cowboys um, again. Then that means that Saint game may not mean anything at all. Then that final game against the Giants may not mean anything at all. The only catch-22 with that Saints game is it could arguably help or hurt somewhat in uh, the draft positioning where the Eagles could end up like having the best record in the NFL going into the playoffs and then possibly have a top five draft pick in the upcoming draft because of the wheeling and dealing that Howie Roseman did in the offseason and, and other deals. like That was with the um, C.J. Uh, Gardner-Johnson uh, trade. So 
again, the Eagles are, like we said, they are sitting, sitting pretty. Sitting pretty, folks. Uh, it's a beautiful thing to watch right now when you look at the Eagles um, play. Um, also, when you look at Jalen Hurts' play, his command of the offense, his command of the team, and you look at the camaraderie of these guys where it looks like these guys are always pretty much on the same page. And we know things happen. Every now and then you get some miscues or whatever. But when you look at the grand scheme uh, of this entire situation, these guys are focused. They're in tune. Um, the energy as far as the players and the coaching staff, like you saw Nick Sirianni excited on that touchdown pass to Devontae Smith, which was a beautiful perfectly thrown ball by Jalen Hurts and getting to that a lot of throws that he made yesterday a lot of throws that he's been making all season have been pretty much on the money um there was a lot of chatter coming into the season of how would he develop can he throw the long ball can he do this can he do that his quarterback intelligence you say quarterback IQ has improved and you you've been seeing that all season his play his decision making has improved and so far so good it's been the right decisions been made just about every time his throwing has gotten a lot better um his second full season as the starter he's improved and like i said last week when they talked about comparisons with him and carson wentz where they were at this particular point with the eagles They've set Jalen Hurts above that because he is above that. He's proved it. And like I said, he he's worked on his game. So he got the knowledge. I mean, he was determined to get better. And he made himself better. And he's now in MVP conversation, like top of the list in MVP conversation um, in the NFL. But when you look at, again, his command of the team, his leadership out there on the field, his body language and attitude when he comes off the field. Like the couple times they had the punt yesterday and some plays didn't go, it's like, okay, we move on to the next play. Like, all right, this was supposed to happen, whatever, whatever. We'll talk about when we get to the sideline. But for right now, let's get to the next play. Like, forget it. It's over with. You know, and then when he gets to the bench, it's like, we good. We here. Got confidence in the defense on the field right now. We get the ball back. We're going to fix what we messed, what we didn't have corrected previous drive and we'll be successful. And so far, it's been working very, very well for the Philadelphia Eagles. Like I said, first team in the NFL this year to clinch a playoff spot. Sitting 12-1, best record in the NFL, best record in the division. So, for all intent and purposes, NFC playoffs will run through Philadelphia. So it looks like um, if you get to the championship, we get to the championship, whoever it is, you got to come to South Philly. You got to come play in the cold. You got to come play in front of this crowd. It's be a tough win if you can steal a win and get out of here. But again, like I said, I'm very confident um, in where the Eagles are right now. I'm very confident in the mentality of the team. The approach to their preparation with this team, the energy level of the coaching staff, the approach of the coaching staff, 
the ever-growing success and improvement of Jalen Hurts. We'll see. It feels like a great year. Anything can happen, but it definitely feels like a great year. So, go Eagles. Going to take my first break right now. When I come back, we're going to talk some Sixers. Um, again, record-setting night for Joel and B, uh, as well as some other record set like we talked about real quick for the Eagles. So come on back. We're going to talk some Sixers, and then we're going to talk a little bit of Brittany Griner and her release. And, and like I said, um, folks, you can give me some comments. Let me know what you think. Um, ask me some questions. Um, yeah, Murph, that that's crazy. Um, James Murphy just asked, how about – how about Penn taking the Big Five outright since 2010? Yeah, it's tough, you know. Um, Got to protect their home court. So that's what they do. Folks, um, you have been tuned in to Sports Rap right here on Heat 100 Radio. Facebook Live, you know the group page, Sports Rap Podcast, LLC. Going to take a quick break. Like I said, when I come back, we will continue this dialogue. Like I said, we're going to talk some Sixers. We're going to talk some Brittany Griner. And we'll see you all. On the other side, stay tuned. Come on back with us. Welcome to second half of the Sportswear Podcast right here on Heat100Radio.com. And you know where to get me. Sportswear Podcast LLC is the group page where we are live right now. So get on in there, tune in, check in, see what's going on with your boy. Um, <clears throat> we are now going to talk some Sixers talk, man. Like, you know... um. Mark Murray, thanks for tuning in. So we get into the Sixers dialogue right now. And for the last several weeks, arguably since the very beginning of the season, things started off a little shaky, had some injuries. Mel, thanks for coming back. Uh, We got some injuries. Team wasn't playing well. People overlooked the fact that there were several moving pieces coming in. Some of the pieces aren't performing to what Philadelphia fan standards are. A lot of chatter about players. Why did we give a player A this amount of money? Player A is not doing anything for us. Yada, yada, yada. Why do we still have this particular coach? Coach A, Coach B, whoever. Coach needs to be fired. Is that in the third and whatever, whatever. So, last couple games, and I'm just taking what have you done for me lately. I've gotten James Harden back. The flow of the offense is a little bit better. They continue to play through the big fellow, which I don't think is a bad thing. But what I also think is he needs to stay efficient where he's been working Last several games, foul line extended in. Um, I talked about it several weeks ago, and my good friend Richard Drummond, um, we talked about it well about his number of three-point shots. Yesterday, he shot two for three, which I think is an okay number um, as far as three total three-point shots. And, and when I think about the game, and I remember being, like I was there last night um, live and in person, those threes weren't like lazy threes. They were kind of in the flow. Um, 
wide open shots. And, you know, that's the object of the game, basketball. You, you shoot the ball. If you're wide open, you shoot it. Okay. Um, so, again, where I was going in, when I started this dialogue, before I get into the Joel and B stuff, um, a lot of people here, like I said, have been wanting the coach fired, worrying about P.J. Tucker. And I'm going to go names now. P.J. Tucker, what has he done for us? He hasn't done anything. We've given him $10 million and can't even score or whatever, whatever. Doc Rivers doesn't know how to manage the team and whatever, whatever. Well, the injury bug again, like I said, the injury bug hit us early. So some of these players were thrust into roles that were not expected this soon. Um, in my opinion, the best newcomer right now is DeAnthony Melton. Second best, believe it or not, is Montrezl Harrell, although he has playing minutes that are very, very staggered. Um, but as far as contributions, those two, I think, are the one and two in the new contributions. Haven't seen a lot from Daniel House yet. We've seen flashes in certain games, certain moments in games, but haven't really seen it yet. The most consistent, though, has been DeAnthony Melton. He can play both ends of the floor. Um, and if you think and go back to yesterday's game, he didn't have a point in the first half, but he stuck with it. Um, second half coming out the first four minutes of that third quarter, he hit four three-pointers. That was his total points for the night, but they were crucial shots and crucial moments um, of that game, which helped the Sixers begin to pull away from the Charlotte Hornets yesterday. So again, in my opinion, if I had to say who was my top, newcomer my top newcomer would be DeAnthony Melton by far like I said I think Doc is still figuring out what he wants to do how he wants to get minutes to Montrezl Sorrell and Paul Reed uh Montrezl Sorrell just a little bit more seasoned Paul Reed still a little bit of a work in progress but showing improvements um Montrez made a good showing for himself yesterday um he ended with Nine points, three rebounds, four assists. But his activity was good yesterday. Um, this team, and we're still without Tyrese Maxey. Tobias Harris had a good game also yesterday. Tobias Harris, 17, 4, and 2. James Harden, 19, 9, and 16. One rebound away from a triple-double. Almost, almost getting to his highest assist total in his career one shy of that a lot of those went to Joel Embiid who was 53 points 12 rebounds three assists and again he, he dominated this game from the very beginning he shot 20 or 32 from the floor again two or three from three-point land he made all 11 of his free throws but when you looked at yesterday's games you, you look look like I said you look at the last couple games since Joel has been back they've been doing what Doc has said they wanted to do early in the season. They want to keep him in that foul line area and in where he's most dangerous. And, and I get the fact that people see, and I also have seen it, and I wish he could do it more, but it's, it may come arguably in the playoffs or when they need it the most in half-court games when they need to slow things down or whatever. But right now it's working for him, especially with James Harden back and – the Anthony Melton being able to shoot the ball the way he's shooting the ball. Tobias Harris playing, playing well right now. So you'll have to fit Tyrese Maxey into that, which I don't think would be a problem with what's going on as long as we keep Joel at that foul line in. Because he's a monster at that foul line in. Because he can do it all. 
he can get to the basket off the dribble, he can shoot that foul non extended with his touch, or if he has to turn and back an opponent down on a mismatch or on a player even his size, he can back down and he shows how he can play bully ball. And me, I'm just an old school guy, so I wish he would play a little bit more bully ball. But I am also happy with the fact that where he's playing now is very, very good for us right now and very, very good for him because a lot of things now are becoming to be easier for him. So we are 26 games into the season. There's a lot more basketball to play. Hell, a, a crap load of basketball uh, to play. And, and I think... I think the things are going to get better. Um, like I said, we got these injuries. But again, I keep saying, would you rather have these injuries now? Or would you have these injuries rather have them late when we're trying to make a playoff push? In a way, this helps us. It hurts us because we had some key players who had those injuries, yes. But it also helps us because we've got some guys now that were newly brought in or some guys that have been on the bench that have been getting playing time that – can make their bones right now, hence Shake Milton. Shake Milton has played his way into the rotation. It's, it's You've seen it. The games that he had to start when James Harden was out to now going back to the bench and knowing now, it's like, that's what I mean. When, when people don't understand when I say coming off the bench now, he started, but he's not an everyday starter for you. He started by opportunity, by default. But that helped him in the long run. So now when he comes in games off of the bench, he knows what his role is. There's no up and down. There's no questions about what I need to do. I know I can go in and, and I can do what I do because I've played my way into that. So he's played his way into the rotation. I think it's a good thing. Um, historic night again for Joel B last night. Um, his 130-10 game. He also is in the category with Shaq, MJ, and a few other greats um, with the 40 and 10 games. And I forget what number he is with that. I think it's like 30. I think he has 30, 40, and 10 games. So he's doing his thing. It, it looks like he's focused on playing basketball. He looks like the MVP is not so much of a concern or an issue right now. He's showing leadership. Um, I saw one moment James Harden threw a lazy pass and he yelled at him um, as a leader of a team should. And it's not like a yell, I'm getting on you, like, yo, no. And they continued to play. They got through that moment. They continued to play. And you still, they were fist bumping, high-fiving, slapping hands. It was team together. But at that particular moment, Joel had to be like the leader and say, yo, listen, dude, come on. We playing, let, let's play. You know, we don't need these lazy passes. You, you know, we're going to get this thing to work. We're going to get it to work, and we need to do it right. So I applauded him. I applaud him for that um, in that moment, which was um, beautiful uh, to see. But, again, I, you know, like getting back to this conversation, like I, the way I started this whole Sixers conversation where people had to fire Doc and, and this person isn't doing this. Speaking of that, you know, touching on that again, like I said, Doc is now, I think, He's beginning to truly see what he has in the new pieces. He's beginning to see where these guys fit best. Some of these rotations are becoming become are are coming together um where he sees who he can play with who and where. So still gotta give it a little bit of time, but I think we'll see some things turn around. Like I see we starting to see some things turn around. 
And then we get Tyrese Maxey back, slowly bring him back in, and things will get better. When we get back healthy, I think people will see some things that they expected to see out of this team. Um, getting back to the dialogue that was had and what I keep saying every week and you hear people say it, the P.J. Tucker issue, a lot of people have to understand that although, Danielle Miller, thanks for tuning in, although we see how the game has evolved into a scoring game, more scoring, it's still a team sport. And again, I posed that question that I posed um, when the talk was about signing P.J. Tucker when I got all those names. And again, folks, it's been months now. Still have not gotten a solid answer from anyone who was giving me those names about any one of those younger players who would actually come here and play for 10 mil a year the way the NBA is set up right now. P.J. Tucker does things that don't show up in the stat sheet. You have to watch the game within the game whether you're there live or whether you're watching it on TV to see the things that he does bring. And I am somewhat on that boat where typically he hits that corner three. I'd like to see him give us more from that. Give us two or three a night instead of just the one a night. But I also understand everything else that he does on the basketball court for the team, the things that don't show up Excuse me, in the stat sheet. I see those things, so I'm grateful for those things. But again, like I said, I am also on the other side where not so much where I'm bashing, but yeah, I would like to see him give us a little bit more than just a one three-pointer a night. I think he can do it. I think once he gets fully comfortable with what's going on here and where we want to go in our direction and everything, I think some of those will come later on down the season. But again, you cannot take away the things that don't show up in the stat sheet that he does very well. Folks, moving on. Brittany Griner was released um, last week from Russian prison in a swap. And when we backtrack a little bit, when we first started talking about Brittany Griner, when we first learned of her being detained and then going through all of her trial, the whole, we know the lineage of the story. And in the beginning, some of the things I mentioned, some of the things I talked about where they were talking about a prisoner swap, and I was hoping that it didn't happen, but it came to it and it happened. Um, or I'm guessing that this was the best deal that could be had at the particular time. Brittany Griner was released, and so there was a prisoner swap for the arms dealer a world-renowned arms dealer that was being detained on U.S. soil. He was released and sent to Russia. Of course, I'm guessing, and like I mentioned, with everything going on that was going on with the war in Ukraine, why would you release an arms dealer? Um, someone who was pegged as a worldwide threat to a country that is in a war right now. So I don't really have to, we, we probably will never get the true backdrop on how it came to these particular, or this particular individual um, being the prisoner involved in this, in this scenario. But on the brighter side, it is good to see Brittany Griner back home. 
uh, it's good to see or hear, like I've heard on the last one, her getting right back as far as into working out, um, building her strength up. You know, it was the, what, four or five months she was detained. I'm sure the conditions over there were very poor. So, you know, she's got to get herself back together. She's got to get in shape. But like I said, more importantly, she is home. She will get to enjoy um, the holidays with family and friends. Um, she will possibly get the opportunity to restore her career uh, in the NBA. I'm sure she'll think twice about going and playing in Russia for that team again. I'm pretty sure that um, that stint with that Russian team is pretty much over um, because you know we like I said we'll never know the full stipulations of the release and the prisoner swap we'll never know the full details um, so it's just my thought process that everything that she went through after what she gave them so much of her I think this is pretty much the last draw and I think that she'll probably not um, return to Russia to play over there Nate Phillips Williams, thanks for tuning in. Uh, so again, you know, it is good to see her home. Like I said, you know, she was used. You can arguably say with the prisoner swap and who the prisoner was that was in the swap, you can arguably say she was used as a pawn. And this is what I said in the beginning where a lot of people were saying that they hoped that she didn't get used as a pawn. At that particular point, I was already in the mood that she was already being used as a pawn. Before people even realized it, I felt like she was already there. And you can very easily argue and lay claim on it with her being released in this prisoner swap that that instance was very true. Um, again, the, the swap... Like, I, it's very, very difficult um, for me to fully wrap my brain around it. Like I said, I'm looking at the silver lining in the cloud. Like I said, the, the release of her it is the main point. Because it was so much of a story that had so much going on where... It was hard to really believe the story, the baseline, because it was so much going on. It was stories here, then another story came out, and then it was this, and then it was that. And then we talked here, and we're not going to talk now. We're going to talk a little later. We're going to work on this. So it was so much going on with the entire story that the blessing overall is her being released and being back home on American soil. But the underlying factors of how the deal came to fruition is stuff or are details that we'll never know as far as outside looking in. We'll never know. But it, it still shocks me that this particular person was the one involved in this swap, considering everything that was going on, like I said, with involved with this story. And... It's just crazy. Um, let's see. Nate is here. Nate says, he says, I'm glad Britt is home. But what about the other brother that's locked up over there longer than she has? And did Joe Biden hurt the U.S. more than hell? 
Well, those are great questions, Nate. Um, I was thinking that same thing, but about the other gentleman that's been over there since seems like forever. Um, why couldn't you work something out to get him in the deal as well? Or why hasn't anything like this been worked out for him? Tell you what I think about that in just a second, Nate, though. But um, And he also says, and did Joe Biden hurt the U.S. more than help? Honestly, to answer that second question, I really don't know because I'm so confused. Um, like I said, as of who it was that was involved or who was in play with this prisoner swap. So I'm confused, Nate. So I can't even right now, I can't even honestly give you an answer how I feel if he heard us or not. I, I think it could possibly go both ways. Um, you know, with the situation, underlying factors, it could arguably go both ways a little bit um now getting back to what you said um, about the other brother that's locked up over there longer and she has right so here's the thing and i'm just playing devil's advocate here somewhat knowing the united states and doing what i do here as far as being a sports podcaster and knowing sports we all know Brittany grinder's status and wnba player one of the best WNBA players in the league currently when she was there. I mean, I'm saying currently now because she's back home. But when you think about it and you think about what Nate just asked about these two particular prisoners, the other gentleman, yes, I agree. He should have been thought about and he should arguably be, again, more seriously thought about and work on some things and possibly trying to get him home as well. The difference between the two is there's an extra benefit with Brittany Griner coming home. It helps Joe Biden where it, it, it presents the picture that he did something great and got this young lady released from a Russian prison. It also shows that, like I said, she's been working out. She dunked in her first workout, and that's what everybody was hyping about. So she can come back to the WNBA. Think about the story that can be written think about the benefits and the profits that could come from this now and we've always talked about how the WNBA needs assistance in marketing needs assistance in gaining some revenue let's just say Brittany Griner does come back next season and play in the WNBA there are going to be a change in that revenue because now people are going to want to more people will arguably want to come and see her due to the fact that what she went through and being a case that they can see the story that can be written. So that's my just, those are just my thoughts, Nate. As I said, I was playing devil's advocate, but I can see that happening. And, you know, I can see and understand where they went with that. They can get more of a benefit in the long run, if you will, if it comes to that from Brittany Griner being released and the other gentleman being released. So that's how that plays out. But again, like I said, the bottom line is, you know, I'm glad that she's home. Um, she, in my opinion, I don't feel like she had to be there that long. I don't think she needed to be detained at all. Especially when they put out things that said if she did A, B, and C, then they could talk about release. And she did A, B, and C, and then, then they went E, and they skipped over D. They just went straight to E and did what they wanted anyway, so... Again, glad that she's home. Um, glad that she will be able to spend time with her family and loved ones. 
and glad that Joe Biden did something or the United States did something. And again, like I said, there are underlying facts that we will probably never know. But face value on the surface, you can easily and arguably say that the U.S. did something in this instance. Folks, we will be wrapping up for today. Um, I applaud and I thank and I applaud. I thank everyone for tuning in today. Uh getting to some scores. I gotta give you my football picks um for week fifteen. I gotta give you the NBA schedule, gotta give you the NHL schedule. And again, don't forget, stay tuned because later on today I will be posting um this Sunday, December eighteenth, nine AM to twelve PM, Chase Fieldhouse Wilmington, Delaware. Go check out my guy, Joe Richmond, the ambassador of basketball for the Delaware Blue Coast. You can get him uh, at, at I am Joe Richmond on, our, on Instagram or Joseph P. Richmond on Facebook. Get in touch with him. Be passport ready. $125 fee. Your opportunity to play in a pro setting, basketball setting. I'm going to post a flyer and post the information once I get off air. So if you can't catch me, like I said, I'll give you all the information of where you can get in touch with Joe. And please, please, if you do get in touch with him, let him know Sports Rap sent you his way. NBA schedule for tonight. The Nets and the Wizards, the Heat and the Pacers, the Hawks and the Grizzlies, the Cavs and the Spurs, the Thunder and the Mavs, T-Wolves, Blazers, Celtics, Clippers. Chuck, you late, bro. I'm about to wrap up. Flames, uh, NHL schedule for tonight as well. NHL schedule. Flames and Canadians, Stars and Penguins, Devils, Rangers, Ducks, Senators, Oilers, Wild, Predators, Blues. Closing out week 14, Monday Night Football, New England at Arizona, 8-15 tonight on Fox Sports, NBC, I think NBC or ESPN. Moving in to picks for week 15. Don't worry, Chuck. It's all on here. You can go back and check the first half. You can leave comments there if you want, and I'll check them out later on, as I always do. If you leave me something, I'll be sure um try my best to get to it as fast as I can and give you some comments. Week 15, beginning this Thursday, San Francisco at Seattle. I'm going to go with San Fran there. Uh, Miami at Buffalo, like Buffalo at home. Baltimore and Cleveland. Mm, I'm going to go with Baltimore on the road. I like Minnesota to bounce back at home against Indy. I like, wow, New Orleans, Atlanta. This is a tough game. This is if I was betting, this would be a game that I would probably stay away from. I'm going to stretch here and go New Orleans at home. New York Giants at Washington Commanders. What I saw from the Giants yesterday, I don't know what's going on. It's going to be a tough game. I'm going to take the Commanders again at home. Take the Eagles in Chi-Town over the Bears. Detroit and the Jets. I'm going to take the Lions over the Jets. Pittsburgh at Carolina. I'm going to take Carolina over Pittsburgh. Take Dallas over Jacksonville. KC over Houston. Arizona over Denver. Uh... Let's see here. Another game that's going to be a tough one. I'm going to stretch again here. I'm going to go Chargers at home over the Titans. I'm going to go Bengals over Tampa Bay. And I'm going to go. I picked them the last time and they didn't win for me. So I'm going to go New England over Las Vegas. And next Monday, 
I'm going to go Green Bay at home over the L.A. Rams. Yeah, Chuck, that could possibly be um, a winner. Congrats <laughs> over your Broncos. It's a shame, though, man. Y'all gave up a lot, and it's like it's going to set y'all back a little bit because um, now y'all don't have the resources to get better because you gave up so much. It's going to be tough. Folks, thanks for tuning in, as always, each and every Monday right here on Heat100Radio.com. You can also get us on the TuneIn app. Just search Heat100 Radio, and we are there. You can get me right here, uh, Facebook Live Streaming, Sportswag Podcast LLC is the group page. You can also catch me on Instagram and Twitter at Sportswag underscore D is my handle there. TikTok at Sportswag underscore D there as well. Webpage sportswrapradio.com. You can check me there. You can also check the YouTube channel, Sportswrap TV. Folks, like I keep telling you, get over there. Please, please get over there and subscribe to that channel. We got to get that channel up so we can get some live YouTube uh, action going on where we're in the studio and we have guests. We can get it out and more people can get in tune with it. So bring some friends with you. Get over there. Remember, YouTube, Sportswrap TV. Click the subscribe button. Then, go check the videos out. There's plenty of videos over there. Interviews, just regular interviews, some content, some good content that you want to check out. Hit the thumbs up on the ones that you like, and then hit that bell so you'll be alerted when new uh, video is up. Also, you can catch this audio on Anchor, Spreaker, iHeart, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and most of your podcast outlets, including Spotify as well. Folks, remember... Right back here next Monday, 11 a.m. And it is what it is, you know. Be great on purpose. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And I will see you right back here next Monday. And take us out. We got... Guess who's Bizet. Enjoy your Monday, folks. Again, be great on purpose. Monday, 11 to 1, we'll be there if you patiently waiting. Bring the heat, bring the heat.